Welcome to Lore Citizen, a podcast dedicated to all things Star Citizen lore. If you enjoy this, make sure that you like, subscribe, and follow all of our social medias. Without further ado, let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Lore Citizen. It's been a while, uh, but uh, we're doing a special episode today. For those of you who don't know about this, I'm sure that I'm, I got to change the intro at some point to something new <laughs> to be a little bit better. But uh, this is a podcast where we talk about all things Star Citizen lore. Uh, I bring uh, people on. Usually it's Jay and Al, though I'm going to start reaching out to a couple more people. Uh, there's another wonderful uh, gentleman who is doing lore content who I've discovered. Uh, his name is Wizard Dave, I think, like that. Um, uh, Weird Wizard. Weird Wizard Dave, yeah. Who uh, does his own kind of lore series where he kind of does it like a BBC documentary, like in, in verse and all kind of stuff. So, yeah, we reached out and has him to come in there, come on at some point. I have his link in the description. But uh, before we get started and talking about what this different type of episode is, uh, let's get started with introductions. Let's start with Jail. Who are you? What do you do in Star Citizen? Where can they find you? I'm Jail. I'm a big nerd for aliens. I have a Twitter and a YouTube channel, which uh, I'm hoping to get some Christmas content up, start my Christmas break next week. Nice. Looking forward to uh, giving you some stuff. Nice. We're looking forward to, to, to Luminalia celebrations. So, um, and then Al, who are you? What do you do in Star Citizen? Where can they find you? I am Al Garrod, uh, one of the info runners, well known for fix my fleet and uh, ship reviews and, and other things. I just love anything lore with Star Citizen because I'm a historian at, at heart or yeah. by training. Uh, a bit like Paul, <laughs> a nerd and all the rest of it. You know, you put it in those, those things. Um, I also do the little podcast with Paul. Um, I occasionally do my own uh, own stuff, but very, very infrequently as either Old Man Owl or just uh, just a tune. Awesome. Um, yeah. All right. Um, so this is something we talked about last time. Last episode, we did, said we would take questions from the audience because we figured there'd be a lot of questions from people. And it turns out there wasn't. So I poked and prodded the community a little bit more and I sent out a, 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 like a, hey, ask us questions. And suddenly we got like 40 questions that showed up oh. after the fact. So uh, if you're listening to this after the fact, make sure you comment down below. This is always a good thing. If you're watching this on Patreon, hi, you can see us because we're here on Patreon. And so it's a little different than what we're doing on on no, normal, no picking uh, out, no picking noses, guys. No picking yeah, noses. Uh, they they pay the big bug money to see us pick our noses. Okay, that's 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 the Patreons. So if you want to see the raw, unfiltered video and audio of of this uh, this podcast, uh, become a Patreon. Uh, uh, Patreon.com slash the Astro Historian. So with that being said, I'm going to read off some of these questions, and then we're going to kind of tackle just what they're supposed to be talking about. What we're supposed to be talking about. So uh, we're going to start with Jail's number one which is what happens when, say, someone is born into Button House, uh, talking about the Xi'an, and wants to build spaceships. Like, can you do other things uh, as the Xi'an and the houses are just owned by the families, or are you expected to be a button maker if you're born into the house of the button maker? It's a good question. Yeah, so the, the Button House was our fictional idea of like, okay, so there's a clothing house, so there's got to be a Button House that makes buttons for the clothing house. So it's unofficial. But um, no, it's a really great question. You do have some options in life. Not many, but you do. Um, so the 
the main option that we know about that a Xi'an can choose to do rather than go and take up work in for their house is to stay with the imperial bureaucracy. So when you're um, 40 years old, you spend 30, you start a 30 year period of service to the empire. You get you get put in a role. So just like home, you'll get put in a role which will either be civil bureaucracy or the military bureaucracy, which is just the military. And you can stay there. You can you can choose after your um, time is up, after your tour of duty, you can say, actually, this is the life for me. I'm going to carry on as an officer or as a you know more important tax collector or diplomat or whatever role that you have been assigned. Um, we also know that there is the option, though infrequently taken, to renounce one's house. And you get known as a nyahu waong. Uh, don't ask me to translate it. I've kind of forgotten how that breaks down. Um, and there is a guy in law who is proposed as an ambassador uh, for the UE to the Xi'an, who is one of these. Um, and that that means like, okay, I'm going to go out on my own. Um, I can do whatever I want then. There, there isn't um, a great deal of more clear information about what your life is if you don't take one of those two parts. It's probably from what else is said, you are going to end up in a role which is assigned to you in your house. There would still be a diversity of roles. Just because your house makes buttons doesn't mean you don't need a manager or a procurement specialist or the diplomats or the other kind of roles that will be kind of replicated across any kind of business. Um, it's also, we know there are monks, probably it's not a monk house, probably monks come from all houses, are people who've renounced their house. Um, we know there's artists, we know there's um, singers, and it's possible that those could come from anywhere. Um, but yeah, that's basically your options in life as a, as a Xi'an. It's also important to remark, to, to remark that Xi'an culture is very different from human culture. So this is something that they are expected to do when they're born. So yeah. there's, it's not to say there aren't uh, a ton of like options. It's just, that's part of the culture. So it would be more unusual for, to do that. Jail or Al, you say something. And the other thing that we've always got to remember is, and this is, will be a constant refrain, I think, is that what we know of the cultures comes from the UAE perspective. We are, we are UAE citizens or civilians, and we are, encountering the Xi'an and the Banu and the Tavaran and the Vandal and Krafak and any other race that gets created, primarily through the documents and information we've got from the UAE and the historical documents that we have from the UAE. And if you want to find more, you've actually got to go there yourself and mm -hmm. experience it. And at the moment, none of us have done that, so none of us know. Um, but I, I, as, as Joe, part, so, yeah. Yeah. And that's part, that's part of that gameplay element of i suppose even that exploration gameplay that will come in but one of the things that as i was thinking about that question it was the old star wars quote came up the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one of a few you know it's you triggered so many your choice in life is determined by what's needed by the by the majority as opposed to the i'm going to do it my way because i'm an individual and i've got rights you know none of this carpe diem stuff it's yeah, so, you've, you've just triggered so many people by calling that Star Wars. I'm going to leave it there because that's great. Uh, Star Trek. Yeah. Someone's already writing, actually, old man Al, this is not the right, you know. No, 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 you guys have just got to remember, I, I, you know, 
young Al, he he he's getting on a bit in those years. You know, he's he's not as not as uh, venerable as as old man Hurston, but you, you still need to show him respect. <laughs> Uh, I'll ask my next question and I'll uh, uh, jump on it, but unless any of you want to talk about it, which is which species is the oldest in the verse? Have there been others that have already persisted at the, uh, perished, I guess, persisted at the hands of the Vandul, I guess, perished at the hands of Vandul, maybe, or fought against them? Uh, I believe the Vandul are really long, but what was the normal living age for, for races we know about? Just a few, uh, fly, thank you for all the content. So it's not the Banu, it's the Jian, who live very long. They live uh, upwards of, it's somewhere between like 500 and 1,000 years. We don't know, full, full 100. Like, they can live a long, long time. Um, Banu actually only live about 60, 70 years. They don't live very much longer than that. 30 is like a middle-aged kind of time for them. And uh, fun fact, most Banu get out of their indentured ship when like, they basically get out of like, primary or secondary education their, their their college life as it were the kind of that st stage of their life around the 30 age almost all of the records we have say banu leave their first suli around 30 uh, so um give or take so um the oldest we don't know uh we don't know if there are other civilizations that have uh, fought the vandul or not there's always the reference which i'll let al jump on about uh about what the vandul are based off of uh, though the oldest recorded civilization that we know about was the Hadesians, who are no longer with us because they died out millions of years ago. The the Hades system itself, they never left the Hades system as far as we know. They didn't have jump points. Either jump points weren't created by then or they just didn't, didn't find them. And they had wiped themselves out in some sort of big civil war that happened or some sort of conflict that happened like three 30 million years ago it was a long long time ago so they're the oldest race but the problem is because we don't know the banu could be older than the Xi'an in terms of its race because the banu have this unique uh, quirk where they do not keep history they don't keep any history whatsoever in terms of their own uh their own their own races so we don't we don't even they don't even know their home world anymore uh, we think it's Bacchus, but that's only because they have a, a big kind of gathering there re recently or like a regularly for the protectorate. It's about it. Um, so to answer the question, probably the the Banu, or probably Banu, probably the the, the Hadesians, the, the Xi'an, because they lived for so long. We know that the recorded history, Jail, you can help me on that one. It's like back 30,000 years. About that range, yeah. yeah. So they have recorded history back back around thirty thousand was when they when they first achieved space flight. So eh, it's hard to tell exactly, but more than more than likely would be the Xi'an. Um, yeah, we'll, and like thirty thousand years is really short in a in any kind of um, time scale of a species. Yeah. I mean, we we've we've been around for you know you can look at sort of what we'd call civilizations for ten twenty thousand years, and um, you know, our species only existed for 200,000 years-ish. Mm -hmm. And our planet for four and a half billion. So that's like a tiny sliver. So so really, like, we're all about the same. We, mm -hmm. Yeah, the Xi'ans have got, like, the finest of head starts on us. It's not not a big thing. Yeah, and and the other thing to keep in mind out with the Xi'an is that the Xi'an are uh, very slow to change. They tend to take a lot of, like, a lot of ships that we see in the Xi'an Empire today, especially the ones that are being exporting, uh, but also the UEE naval um, intelligence has been noticing 
are all built in response to the UEE. So a lot of the ships that the Xi'an had when we first had made contact with them 500 years ago were the same ships that they had up until recently, as far as we know. They only suddenly started creating like the, uh, the Santokyai was built in the early uh, 30th century. It just showed up on a bunch of uh, a bunch of patrol, Navy patrols started seeing the uh, military version of it. And then uh, it, they started kind of giving it to uh, to the civilian market pretty recently. So a lot of these ships and the, for instance, the, oh gosh, what is it called? Raylan. Yeah, the Raylan. The Raylan is, um, is a brand new, built, brand new, brand purpose new. built for human and Gion, uh cohabitation and, and use, so. Um, and you were going to say something about, I'm sure I was going to let you put it open for, for Al to talk about the, his theory or the, the, the common theory about uh, the Van Duel and why they're pushing into human space. So, oh, You mean my, my conspiracy theory? Yes. <laughs> so the, my conspiracy the plain, theory of conspiracy this with the plain, the plain truth there, brother. The plain, the plain truth, truth. version <laughs> is that when, when Janus disappeared into a uh, jump point many years ago uh, it fell through a time vortex and there's lost in time and the vandal are actually trying to get back home and they're actually the human race that has been morphed over time over millennium um, having the same violent tendencies as humans using the same favored weapon for combat a knife um, nice. yeah a knife that's right this is a <laughs> knife better than a knife um, um. you know so uh, so yeah, having the same tendencies, having very Hurstonian tendencies to um, mining, just strip mine the whole planet and just use it how you want and just keep moving. Um, well, there's so, also yeah, the that, reference that, that's a conspiracy theory. The, the the reference that you had about like the the Vanduuls being based off the Vanduuls and why the Vanduuls were being pushed into the UEE. Yep. So, um, for those of you who don't know, yeah, and, and that, good. And that's one of the things we do know that in terms of the the. the one of the things that have been said is the Vanduul were, was were kind of created as this, uh, almost this, based off a Germanic horde that stormed into Germany and one of the, you know, and, and sacked Rome. And so there is a theory that at some point the Vandal will sack Earth. And, mm -hmm. I, and I actually think it makes perfect sense because at the moment we've got, when CIG come to build Earth, they've got all these, all these cities that we know we'd never look of and, and how they're going to change and look over time. But if we have a war suddenly go through and wipe everything out, then you've got this clean slate. You can actually rebuild in your own image. And, and yes, this was New York. Yes, that is the ruined Statue of Liberty, but you know, yeah, um, you can actually she... redo everything and, and have bits of pieces that kind of, you know, little snippets here, but it doesn't have to look the same because it's been destroyed. Very, very cheeky so. CIG. Uh, all right. Uh, I that, think the that's, next... that's the cheaty, the cheat approach. Yeah. Uh, the next question is for, from Jail's list, which was, uh, depending on the system planet, what they are from, can alien languages have colloquial differences slash phrases? Are there any examples in lore? For example, hello from Xi'an from the, uh, the Kaifa system would be said to sound different compared to, say, a Xi'an from a system along the Perry line. Yes. Um, it's confirmed in, in all of the alien languages. It's partly to cover for pronunciation differences between voice actors. So if they don't hit, like, the vowels sound exactly right, it's like, oh, that's a, a regional accent. Um, so it, they specifically state um, that there is... Obviously, Banu are very diverse, diverse culturally anyway, so they'll have all kinds of differences from city to city. 
for Xi'an, it, we know of at least two complete dialects, but it is stated that there are more. So um, one of the tones of voice in standard Xi'an is based off like an ecclesiastical, uh, sorry, an ecclesiastical uh, dialect. But the main one that we have is between the um, standard Xi'an and the service Xi'an, which is the uh, the dialect that is spoken in the bureaucracy, in the military, and in the civil bureaucracy. And one system where you'll see this particularly is Erka, which is, um, I can't remember what the uh, human name for it was during the uh, Cold War, but someone might be able to look that up. Um, yeah, El- Elka, um, if the the pretty much the main language there is the service dialect. So actually, if you go there, they'd be going, calling it Erga because that's how they say it. And that's not just a pronunciation difference. Yes, they do pronounce the alphabet differently in the service dialect, but there's also whole different um, pronouns. There's whole different verbs. It's a full language unto itself, and one that we don't actually have much vocab for. Um, the bits of vocab we have are mostly the bits of slang that are then like sometimes used in sort of uh, between one's mates with the um, alongside like standard Xi'an. But all Xi'an have to learn it as part of their service period. I'm trying to look it up. I, I thought I saw it, but I didn't see it. <laughs> I'll I'll look it up while while I'll you go and, down. And I think as we as we look at the language again, we've got to remember we're coming at this from the human interaction point of view. So the language we get, as my understanding is, is we we're tending to get the diplomatic uh, language that's been been used uh, mm-hmm. as as the main form, and we may get some from those people who were expats living in the diaspora of humanity from fleeing from the messes. Were on, you know, yeah, uh, housed, housed, and, and in a in a refuge, if you like. But generally, it, it's it's going to be more the official channels we're dealing with, rather than in terms of language, rather than the more colloquial forms. But every language, even on Earth, every language changes, and every language has dialects and and colloquialisms that change. And if a language isn't changing or picking up those colloquialisms, it's a, de- it's a dead language. So when language, you know, so it's a type of thing you'd expect to happen. It's the type of thing um, that works for, for getting the voice actors in. Um, and, and so we do have those examples just, just because of law, you know, tied into law just because of that aspect, of, as Joe was saying. But it's also something we should expect to see um, if the lang- as the languages develop and grow and, and that, because you want the languages to be to have that sense of being a living language. Yeah, so, uh, you, yeah, you raised an entirely good point. And they, they are, I, th- I think it's nice that they're actually reflecting that that fact about language in their fictional languages. I just looked it up. It was, um, it. the name is Eilka. It was originally on maps as Eilka, and then they kind of changed how they wanted the language to look. They, it does have a human name that was Beehive for a while. But it oh. links into it's it's actually not a periline system. It's behind Hadur and Indra, which are Yamon and Kyukyan now. Okay. So um, I just I was misremembering that. The the only thing I can say about this whole thing is uh there are there are even the regional dialects of of common, UEE common. Because when we talk about language, it's important to remember that this language that UEE is spoken in the UEE isn't necessarily English. 
It's just they don't want to write a huge lang- a human language, which would be a amalgam of all of the languages that would happen so long. So they call it UE common, but it's it's whatever you're listening it to. So when they translate it into French or just to German or to to Korean or for whatever whatever um, language you're listening to, that's you just assume you can assume it's being translated in your head, sort of thing. Um, yeah. But there there are definitely dialects like the Terran dialect is different from the Bremen dialect and, and so on and so forth. I just hope that CIG reflects that in the future, because <laughs> right now it's all they're all from northern England for some reason. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you're dragging in your children with the fringes and the scurrows because you don't get tagged or ghosted, you're going to be speaking pirate. Yeah, that's true. You know? yeah, it's, so it's... And there's also the, the, um, the nature of good and evil. Uh, story where the, the whole story is almost written in that cant, mm-hmm. that feast cant type bar. Uh, pirate style, cant. At least for the first part of it. Yeah, the pirate yeah. cant or the feast cant or the whatever. So we do know there's dialects there. And the, just to go back to the um, the language, the real life language, you know, the language we have in, in our world, every language has loan word, words or, or borrowed words that we have that we take from our languages. So, and you'll constantly, and in a real language, you'll also see that aspect come across as well. So you'll see, uh, you'd expect to see loan words being pulled in from aspects that aren't in use or ones that just make sense. Um, That's the bit which actually is quite funny because, as as uh, Paul says, it's all translated. You know, UE standard mm. is a, a melting pot language, but we have actually a few words that are loan words in Xi'an from UE standard, which implies that that word really exists in UE standard. So we have um, the word refrigerator from Spanish. We have uh, some Japanese. We have some English, like madman becomes maman. And um, it, it, I think that's quite funny in that it, it's like, oh, well, that word must be a new E standard and that word must be a new E standard. So we're all calling our refrigerators um, congeladores or whatever it is in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's important to, to note as well that that's intentional. Those aren't yeah. these aren't these aren't like accidental. It's the 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 lore team and the and the the, the gentleman who's doing the, the the writing is intentionally inserting these in there as a as loan words. So they're pulling these stuff from from like the 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 the, the melting pot, the 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 belta, the 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 long belta of Star Citizen, which would something like that anyway. So all to right. the Xi'an, all cheese is a particular type of French cheese. They're just that's epois and they like. They just epoi. <laughs> That's just cheese in 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 in, in uh, UE standards. Just epoi. You know? yeah. Now I just got to know what macaroni is in UE standards. So it probably it's probably some like 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 probably like, uh, you know, Cantonese for macaroni. So it's some <laughs> some some bastardized like weird alienist alienist language in the first place. I endorse that. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just be interested. I'll, I'll be interested to see how far we can ever crack and get spread throughout the throughout the verse as being a, yeah, a, a ever crack is an actual word in the UE common. Yeah. Um yep. along with Uwu and the cat girls. Uh cat girl revolutionaries. Uh as all right, number two, uh for, I'll pull, pull this one up as well for uh from my list, which is as exploration comes online in Star Citizen, do you think the Krathak will play a role in welcoming us or defending their space from prying human eyes? If explorers do manage to, to circum, uh, circumvent Xi'an efforts to keep us away from the Kirthok, should the Xi'an attitudes change towards all humans or just those that have discovered their enemies? That's a good question because we don't know a lot about the Kirthok. 
and it's important to keep into mind that what we do know about the Kirthak comes directly from the Xi'an. We didn't know they existed until the Xi'an told us that they existed. Uh, and they only told us they existed fairly recently, like in the last 50 years or so, uh, which we did the stupid thing, which was trying to send a spy through Xi'an space to try to make contact with the Kirthak, and it didn't go well. <laughs> um, so... We don't really know. Um, the My guess, based off of my research of the Kirthak, is that the Kirthak are a not as centrally organized, or maybe not even as big as, say, the human or the Xi'an empires. They're probably much smaller. But they what they lack in size, they make up for in technological prowess, or at least some sort of advantage they've had over most of us. And what we know from the initial concepts of the Kirthak was that they possess the ability to communicate faster than light. So having FTL communications is big because then they can they can coordinate much better and there's lots of other things like that. I still have a theory that they're robots, but the... Uh, I, was gonna say, no, I, that, I, that's I agree with that theory, actually. I agree with the theory that they are... Um, I think there's a lot of things to point to them being an AI construct of the Xi'an that kind of got out of hand. And that's based on the fact that they were striking at the very center of Xi'an society. So they weren't like a, a fringe force coming in. Their name is, sounds onomatopoeic. It sounds like a kakunk kind of sound, which is quite like how some Xi'an things work. And the, the, the important thing I think is, is that when they won, they killed off the Imperial House, and then they just left. Yeah. They didn't wipe out the Xi'an. So it was like, oh no, that their goal is to do something and then leave. That sounds more like they were something oppressed rather than um, something that was uh, dominated. Cylons. Yeah. Yeah. And it also picks up a trope of, of other sci-fi movies. Don't they? They're, they're a Cylon. And, and it's, it's interesting because it's one of the things that, as a result of our conversations, uh, Paul, Exudes come up with the idea that he actually thinks they're machines as well. And he says, because the spirit wolves, the spirit wolves are all about that because AI don't have spirits. And so yeah. it just, just puts another clunk, another, another peg into the hole that kind of feeds that, that idea that the Kirkback are a, an AI, an AI construct race. And of course, narratively, what they are is the enemy for when we get bored of or the arc of the, the Vandal ends, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're the, they're the, People waiting behind the curtain for okay, the Vandal are that story spinning out. Let's bring in the yeah. next guys. And yeah, that, after this, that, after not... the Third Tavarn War, after the Vandal conflicts, yeah. there's got to be something. So yeah, and yeah. that's perfectly and, fine. But then there's also the, the the question, and this comes back to that, um, I suppose that that conspiracy theory aspect of where the where the t uh, Vandal come from, um, and this is just more less less. Um, they're humans trying to get home who have just morphed over years. But um, once in 2014, I was talking with Erin and we were talking, you know, um, the link between Earth and and Star Citizens' history and, and Rome and, and uh, you know, and Seoul and, and Constantinople Terror. And we were talking the races and how the Vandal were coming through and the whole Operation Pitchfork stuff. And Erin said, who's pushing the Vandal? And so 
it was almost dropped as a teaser whether it was just him just you know pontificating like we we both were or whether it was you know dropping something that uh, was planned or thought of is there another race beyond the beyond the vanduul pushing them who is going to be an even bigger threat so down the track it'll be oh crap they're there we better team up with the vanduul to fight them because they're going to kick mm -hmm. our butt you know so yeah. But yeah, that's if, the type of stuff we don't know. If they're if the Vandal are fleeing something, then the thing that they are fleeing that out of the law that we know would, would you know the Kathak would fit that role the best. But that's mostly because we know so little about them. So yeah. they could yeah. be in something completely new. So yeah, yeah. As 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 everyone will, everyone's favorite thing. My my theory is is that uh, they're waiting. They're, they're going to wait for. Um, EA to lose interest in Wing Commander, and then they're just going to bring in the Karathi, and that's just going to be this is going to be an, an alternate universe of of Wing Commander as as it was intended. <laughs> do, do we need? Do we really need a furry race? Oh yes, we do. Also. You know how many furs um, are in Star Citizen? They're, they're, there are they're, a lot. There yeah. are a lot. <laughs> I, I feel for my fans. I feel you know. Yes, we 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 are not we are not we are not uh, degrading we, you we in are, any way. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a significant concern. That you that they've made the you know uwu into cat girls. You've turned them all into furries. Do you know how many people that makes wanting to overthrow the Hurstons now? <laughs> yes, for protection. I'm a Dungeons and Dragons girls. player, and I, I yeah. don't, I don't, you know, it's like every new book is like, okay, well, which, you know, it's like they just they just throw a dart into a zoo and then go, ah, oh, that's our new race, hippo people. Yes. <laughs> like have some original characters, like yeah. Um, now, yeah. I, I, that's why one of the things I, I like about the Hadesians, which is like the Hadesians are so not anything like like at all. They're like the way they describe them is like they've got a thorax and they've got legs and then they've got two arms, grasping arms out of a torso. And that's it. Like like they, they there's this, this sort of like the kind of spider, but not really kind of like a minotaur, but not really. We don't know where the placement is, so I'm just assuming that it's like a thorax and then just a torso that coming inside of the thorax and then two arms. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I the more alien Babylon, the better. I just yeah. had Babylon 5 vibes of the... Uh, the shadows, shadows. yeah. <laughs> it's that, and I think, especially, is that, that, isn't the Hadashian system the one where we've got the grey man, the, the mm -hmm. shadowy the blue man. figure of the ghosty, yeah. the blue man, and, and also the... The the shadows on the wall of, of mm -hmm. kind of Hadassians oh, who have disappeared, in. but they've got yes. they burned onto the wall. That's and that's yeah. how we know the shape of them. Yeah, and the statues they have some of them survived. Um, fun fact: we don't actually don't know because they actually the statues have different um, numbers of legs, but it's not consistent. So like some of them have eight, some of them have six, some of them have two. It just depends, and it's not like oh, the statue broke. It's like we can see where like the statue would have broken or not and mm. stuff. So, um, it's just that's just CIG going. We have no idea what we're doing with the Hadesians yet. This is a general idea. This is the vibe we're going for. It, uh, it really it really ties up with the comment um, Dave said about you know when we're talking um, the big bad aliens mm -hmm. uh, and the monsters. And he said, oh, well, they could be there, but the idea of if we put these say there's a big bad monster out there somewhere, then if we come to a point where we need a big bad monster, we can put it in and say, oh, yes, it's that. And it, it's kind of giving that kind of open slaver for future development. But mm -hmm. it also means we just don't know. 
All right. Uh, next question. Um, pull this up from the other one, which is, how did this different species individually evolve towards space travel on their home planets? Did any of them get technology from other spacefaring species? It's a good question. JL, you want to start with on that one? Yeah, I'll start with yeah, the well, one which we know the earliest on, which is the the Xi'an, which uh -huh. was um, about 26,000 years ago. The house that is the most interesting that nobody has heard about, House Y, were the first ones to get into space. And that was like your guy in a tin can going out of the atmosphere and coming back down. Um, the reason I say they're the most interesting is they they kind of they're kind of like in the background of every chapter of Xi'an history. They they are the house that everyone looks to. They're treatised on how, how what good cooking is, and they were a major player in the Xi'an civil war. But yeah, twenty six thousand years ago, there's no indication that they had any other contact. Um, they were completely sort of single system um, people for another six thousand years at least after that, so nothing to suggest it. My, my question on that, Jal, is why? Why? <laughs> why? why? Uh, so, so what I'm hearing from you, Jail, is that the, that the, the, uh, the Jian have their own version of the Illuminati, and they have their own cookbook. Yeah. Yeah, you can, <laughs> you can actually find it on Galactopedia. It's a lovely little kind of circular <laughs> mandala kind of thing, and um, so, it so Illuminati was... confirmed in Star Citizens. What you're saying? Yeah. The Illuminati is confirmed, and it tastes terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. The I... other, go ahead. The other race we do know of uh, would be the Tavaran, who seem to have been in isolation. They seem to have developed space travel independently, like we develop space travel independently. Um, the key thing for the key difference with the Tavaran was the fact that they had not developed um, terraforming capability, and so. If a planet wasn't able to support them, um, support them to to live there, they either had to just have uh, underground cities or bases, or and that reduced the population. And that's one of the big problems they were struggling with uh, when they encountered humans. Um, they were having population explosion, just like we were. They wanted to expand out, but humanity had the ability had the ability to have terraform planets and change them to our to our preferred atmospheres where they didn't have that and that caused that you know that that caused problems but so those two races we know seem to develop independently and i think the banu and vandul they seem to have a bit of a shared shared thing and the banu seem to take anything from anyone so how they got it who knows yeah because they don't keep records <laughs> yeah. i mean and it would be entirely to character for them to you know be visited by some other aliens and go oh that's a nice ship we'll, we'll, we'll have one of those and reverse engineer it I and did just realise I, I made a mistake. It wasn't twenty six thousand years ago. It was twenty six thousand BC, which is of course about twenty nine thousand. Twenty nine thousand years ago, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but three thousand. Yeah, but it was three thousand thing... years between Xi'an friends. <laughs> yeah, but when we're talking thirty thousand years for civilization. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the other thing we do know is that Banu took um, Tavar and Shieldtech and use it because they that's, that's what they use on their ships. So yeah. Super so right. we do know the Vanu must have had contact with the Tavaran at some point, whether they picked it up from humans after we had the contact, you know, contact and um, or had independent contact. I don't think we know. I don't think it's ever been. I don't know of any case where it's been mentioned. But uh, that Van... could be lack of reading. Yeah, with Vandal we don't. And know the Vandal are different. But the, yeah. we do know that the Vandal 
uh, at least in some way, shape or form, are still kind of a scavenger species. They don't they're not exclusively a scavenger species like they were originally planned out to be. They're a little bit more nuanced now. Uh, They're more of a nomadic species. But that means that they must have gotten off their worlds, their homeworld somehow, which we don't know about. And we do know that the technology that we have, which has led to regeneration technology, looks nothing like the Van Duel technology that they had before. It's completely different from what they've seen. So it could have, but it doesn't match any other species that we know of. So it's... And we also know... Yeah, and we also know that that technology is unknown in Xi'an space. It's unknown in Devaran space. It's unknown in Nibana space because it's all new to it. But certainly the technology we're using is all new to everyone. So the question is, where did the Vandul get that? Mm -hmm. And on that question of, did the Banu and Tafaran have any contact... In the uh, Banu language guide, it does. It explicitly says they met humans long before they met the Tavarin, i.e. the Banu met humans long before they met the Tavarin. That is a human perspective, so that is a claim rather than a statement of fact, because it's alongside the fact that the word for Tavarin in Banu comes from the Tavarin language. It doesn't come from UE standard. Um, and this is based on the idea that... Um, it's Tefarino, which is close to, they actually say that uh, it's like Tefreen is actually how Tavarin say Tavarin. Um, and if they'd got it from um, like, they, they would have different stresses if they got it from humans. So it, that, that's not like solid evidence because you could say, well, they just like asked a Tavarin what they what they prefer to be called. But um, yeah, it's interesting that their, their language does have that direct loan word. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one, which is um, since no culture or species is completely homogeneous, homogeneous, do you think we will see Vandul individuals who are not aggressive towards humans, or will they be uh, all be aggressive for the sake of story? More than likely, yes. Vandul are not homogeneous species; even their culture is very different, based off of what we know. Um, there's at least one story, and again, stories are stories, they're not necessarily true, of Vandul and humans working together. Uh, One of the very first stories, which is why it's probably not canon, (laughs) which is um, my favorite story, obviously, it's Cassandra's Tears. There's a a, a part in Cassandra's Tears where a a group of humans are working with the Vandul um, uh, to to, to get something or to give them something. So, and these are human pirates and that kind of stuff, so. Uh, so and we do know that the the Vanduul do trade with the Banu, so it is quite likely that there are some Banu some Vanduul who will not be aggressive towards humanity. But just because they're not aggressive towards humanity, humanity doesn't mean that they're your best buds. <laughs> it may yeah, just you may mean something I, else. Yeah, Banu trade Banu trade with the Vanduul in the same way that like some people trade with the the methed out biker gang who hangs out on the edge of town. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's extremely special. It's like, you can make a lot of money doing that, but it is a hell of a risk and yeah. just yeah. approaching them might get you killed. So just to go to the uh, writer's guide for the races and looking at the, the attitude of the different races to Vandul, the, the Banu have a precarious, but friendly relationship. Uh, this breaks down on a planet-by-planet basis, but generally the desire for tr- money and trade out- outweighs the loyalties and grudges. So uh, basically, 
even the even the Banu who are friendly with the with the Vandal are cautious. <laughs> and it's oh yeah maybe you know. So I don't I don't I think we do see some. It'll be it'll be a very rare occurrence when we yeah. when we find them. And things may change as we talked about the the, pr the pressures on the Vandal putting pushed into humidity space. It could we could end up with with something changing in terms of Vandal culture or a mm. Vandal clan forming that does not conform to current Vandal stuff. So story could change. Who knows? Yep. Uh, all right. Next question comes from how? Oh, we already talked about that. Uh, is it possible for us to run into more aliens than just the Vandal enemies? We'll fight. We'll fight in Squad Forty Two. A deserter Vandal who shares inside intel could be exciting. Likewise, any friendly Xi'an Tavarin would be a treat to see. Well, we don't want to get into spoilers about what's leaked about Squadron 42, yeah. do we? Um, no. I can, I can I, say that there is a statement that's made in Squadron 42, without spoiling it, that there is almost always one Tavarin on every naval ship in the fleet. At least one is that's an observation that's made by one of the characters in a conversation. That's it. And but in the trailer, also, and in the trailer, you do see inside a Xi'an ship, I believe, at one point. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's again going whether whether we'll meet any live Xi'an is not necessarily look yeah. pretty messed up. No idea. Yeah, and and we do know from even the lore and talking about. Um, uh, and we can even go back to our the interview with with Dave when Dave Haddock was on the law the law um law citizen podcast. We talked about the the fact that a lot of Tavaran are in the military uh, and take that as a way to get citizenship. And and I mean, there's also a lot who get forced in to to you know, a bit like uh, prisoners who get you know, fifty years of hard service in prison, or you can join the military. And and lots take that option as well. So uh, we know e even without taking the Squadron 42 line of there is at least one Tavaran on every ship, we know there are heaps of Tavaran in the military. And um, I, for, for me, I find it sad that we don't see at least a Tavaran at, um, you know, Invictus or mm. on the on the, um, the Javelin. Or, well, I think th that's... And I, just... and I think that's, a, that's an it's... artist issue rather than a... Yeah. <laughs> That they want to, I'm sure. They'd love to see Tavarn walking mm. around and Bandy walking around. It's 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 the the capital of uh, commerce. You'd probably even see Jian walking around in in, in Stanton, um, especially since Jian have a uh, have a consulate in Stanton, an art court, so in area eighteen, I believe. So, um, so, um, but the likelihood is. Unless we start seeing them come into Star Citizen, it's unlikely we'll see any of those races necessarily exposed in Squadron 42. We might still, um, but also there's multiple episodes for Squadron 42, so we might see it in the future. Uh, and I think we, we to, to, to just touch on that, I think we can all, we can expect we'll see expansion packs at some point of view. Be, be a Tavaran, be a Vandul, be a, oh, yeah, maybe probably. not Vandul, but be a Jian, be a Banu. Um, and I know, I know Jake said it on chat sometimes, um, he, he's, he'd love to see a, a Tavaran yeah. in your, in your channel. And I know a couple of others have said the same thing and she says, yeah, just bring them on, bring them on. So, People love the Tavaran. Yeah. And they're the closest, like they are a, uh, effectively a client species of the UEE. They've 
they've lived inside UEE society for a very long time. Mm. Uh, that leads us to the next question, which is um, what kind of hand-to-hand combat weaponry is employed by each race? I know uh, Al wanted to talk a little bit about this before, so... Yeah, so we were looking at that that question, and we know from the late the latest law story that had the um, the the Tavaran fleeing from the bounty hunter and mm-hmm. and being horrified to find out that the bounty hunter was another Tavaran, which raises a whole issue of this whole Tavaran third Tavaran war that's coming. But the weapon of choice for the Banu, uh, for the Tavaran there was a kind of a, a hatchet type weapon, so almost a tomahawk. Uh, with a knife blade and nasty other stuff as well. So we've got that for the Tavaran. Um, for the, oh, it's called a for Bakor, the by the way. It's called a Bakor. Yep. So. Um, uh, we know for the Tavaran, uh, for the Jian, not the Jian, for the Vandal, it's a great big nasty knife, and we, but we also see them using a great big glaive type knife as well. Um, so they like the, those type of things. Uh, it seems that humans like using knives as well, hence my, hence my arm. Uh, my warped plane troop conspiracy theory. <laughs> um, but then as, as we were talking before, uh, we do, I, I said, I don't think we know of any others. And then I think Jaster uh, started to regale us of some of the things he knows or remembers about the, the Xi'an. So yeah, there's, there's words in Xi'an for knife, for sword. Um, and that's a knife in the weapon sense rather than there's a different word for like a medical scalpel. There's some concept art of uh, there's a Xi'an holding a sword, which is um, a pretty broad sword, but it has the sort of rapier-like um, arm guard coming up. And they also engage in hand-to-hand combat. They have um, a phrase for martial arts, which is literally, I think, like fighting without weapons. Oh, and, I, love, um, I love that concept art that they have. In the it. concept <laughs> art that's just like, and from the top rope. Machine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they have... They can throw down, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and speaking of that, we also know that the Tavarin have their own martial arts style, which comes from the Rajora, mm-hmm. which is their uh, their kind of martial religion um, that they, they practice. So, yeah, me- melee combat's everywhere. Um, what about uh, Banu? Do we know anything about the Banu people? I'm sure the I Banu is... I am an aficionado of them. Banu. We don't know exactly if there's any hand-to-hand weaponry they use, but the they're the Banu, so they probably use hand-to-hand combat just because they use everyone else's stuff. So um, as far as I know, there isn't a official Banu melee weapon that exists. Uh, there are several trinkets, which were mostly ceremonial. So if there is if if there is something that's out there, it's probably ceremonial stuff that deals with one of their two gods uh, for trade and luck. So, but yeah. Yeah, there... There is no word in the Banu dictionary currently for like knife club, mm-hmm. and that that omission might not mean anything. But sometimes those omissions are meaningful. Like there is a word for luck in Banu, and there isn't a word for luck in Xi'an. So it, the only word you've got is there is a word for like a basic weapon, is um, like a yuko, and that's supposed mm-hmm. to like then they do have words for like gun. So mm-hmm. it it looks like it's not really something that they they kept up. Because um, they don't really like ritual is is kind of weird to them. Um, like, why would they keep a ritual that doesn't have a functional purpose? Yeah. So, um, all right. The next question comes um, 
from oh okay this is this one's for me too uh how do banu reproduce uh they're hermaphrodites so just so do just two banu just agree uh which one should carry the offspring or is there some sort of biological determinism on who carries the young uh i actually pulled up the, the language guide for this one and i'll read it directly <clears throat> morphologically speaking it makes sense in a banu's day-to-day -day life gender just doesn't come up all banu are capable of either gestating a child within their bodies or copulating with another banu to produce a child the biological mechanism that determines who does who does what caring can be voluntarily triggered kambe when two um banu come come together to decide to mate that once the deed is done they revert back to their default state it's easy to see why their language never developed pronouns based on sex characteristics so yeah and actually tweaking on our own language um they they went to lengths to try to keep the word like hermaphrodite out out of um, anything yeah. to do with this because it's it's a word with a lot of like negative baggage. negative baggage yeah and it, and it's also like and actually it, although it is a word which is used in science um, and still is used in science it actually is quite a poor descriptor because it comes from Greek mythology and the the son of or the offspring they is described usually as a son but the offspring of Hermes and Aphrodite hermaphrodite who is said mm -hmm. to have both male and female characteristics and banu don't have yeah. both male and female characteristics they have a state and then they can change to a second state and there is this word you know that does get described as serial hermaphroditism in zoology but there's another word from botany that i think is actually a better descriptor which is dichogamous mm -hmm. and i like to describe the banu as a dichogamous species they have two phases and that is used to describe plants that have uh, a male and a female stage in their life cycle. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, you would describe that as sort of like default state because this change state when you go through the Akambe is to be the receiver. You would then perhaps say that they are like that the default state is closer to male, but I don't think it's a useful descriptor. No. Um, I think it's a really interesting topic, though. Yeah, and I don't even think the Banu would would consider a useful descriptor because they just they they're confused by 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 other languages yeah. and their use of sex pronouns. They're just like, okay, it sounds fucking complicated and dumb, but okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and and it's important to note, note like like the Banu are really weird. Like people say, oh, they're like they're like groups. Like they're not really like trees. They're more like I always say they're like coral. They look like like a coral species, like a sentient coral, which I still think is the best descriptor for them. So yeah, that... I, th I, th I think they were started as like the group species in in like mm -hmm. the napkin version of what star systems are going to be, but that that wasn't a really good idea. So they kind of just went, well, they're the Banu or the Banu. They they look like this, and they have these mm -hmm. traits, and that's kind of fun. I, I like yeah. the idea of them being. Um being a coral-like species, because when you think of their um, big trade meets, it's all the little polyps. The reef. Joining together yeah. to make They call the them reefs. Reef. Yeah. Uh, or the humans so it, call them it, it, reefs. It, so. so it makes sense. It, it yeah. kind of fits with that, that aspect. I, I'm going to pull up one of the questions that I think ties into the one you just answered, at how do the banner reproduce? And that is, are there any interspecies relationships in law? And then this will raise up another question that that um, I thought we should all answer as well. But. There's one that we know of that was that's it's on the head. It's a it's on a uh, it's on a magazine, which is one of those uh, obviously like gossip rag yep. uh, 
sort of well, Horizon sort of, Magazine. Well, Horizon Magazine, which is I'm in love with the Tavaran. That's about it. Um, yep. Yeah, that's that's the only interspecies romantic relationship we're aware of. But we actually do know of at least two other uh, very close relationships. We've got mm -hmm. at least certainly the relationship with the Gemini uh, factory, with the human and Tavaran orphans who kind of banded together and worked. Oh, yeah, the together. Gemini family, yeah, the, the Gemini twins. Um, the Gemini twins and worked together to to develop the that. And so that's clearly a very close relationship. How close? We don't know. Um, but I think the question was more asking the, um, do we have interspecies, you know, what would be a, a half Tavar and half human no. somewhere? No. And no. <laughs> um, this is not Star Trek. It's, yeah, it's, it doesn't work that. Yeah. No. So and, we're not going to get that, but I think that, I think there could be that, that very close relationship thing. And then there's that whole question of, um, uh, the, the ugly duck, the, the MSR. And oh I yeah, the, um, the belligerent duck with with uh, the belligerent duck and yeah, Alex Dugan and Maz. Yep. Um, yep. So. And so there's that relationship, and that's that's almost a hand Solo Chewbacca relationship. But how close is that relationship again? We how we close was really... the hand Solo Chewbacca? Yeah. Well, we don't know either. <laughs> Good, but, pretty yeah. golden. You know. Uh, uh, I mean, to be to be fair, Maz and 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 uh, Alex is going a long way to get Maz out of that that freezer. So <laughs> that's yeah. right. Uh, I mean, I think an interesting thing to note is that for some reason, both language guides go out of their way to state that they deal they that sex and um, reproduction are considered completely separate things by both the Shian and the Banu. I don't need, I don't know why we need to confirm that they fuck, but like, <laughs> yes, you know, it's it's confirmed. Yeah, it's confirmed. It's not confirmed that they do it with one another, but um, yeah, yeah, I I I don't write the double. <laughs> uh, I'll spin on to that because there's a, there's a there's another one on there which is a pretty good one, um, and then we'll have one more question after this, which is: Do we we know about Banu adopting human children in quotation marks, um, like Cousin Crow? Uh, there's also another one who did Keltu Reef, who was uh, adopted quotation marks, uh, violently adopted um, <laughs> by um, by Banu, uh, but. Uh, the question goes on to uh do we know of any other about other other um uh, races raising other races raising human children as their own sort of but we actually do have a case in lore of a tavarin being raised by a human which is the uh bounty hunter in crossroads the latest one the one that we we talked about earlier they were raised by humans and before they, which is one of the reasons why they're kind of on the human side, they were they were uh, uh, they were orphans, and, the, and a human family picked them up and, and raised them. So, uh, and that and, ties in with the Gemini story as well. Like you, you've got yeah. the, the two orphans who band together and, and work together and, and have that close bond. So, so in a sense, that's kind of the Tavar, you know, the Tavaran in the in the Gemini family is effectively cared for and looked after by the human because you know she she comes up with the whole idea of oh my, my brother made it you know it's a yeah. oh who is he oh he's, he's he's off working in the factory but she she did that to protect him from any adverse reactions that could have could have occurred and i think that's the same thing with that the tavaran in the story that, that gets raised by the human she get that same type of uh attitude and he even shows that attitude of you're making it harder for the rest of us you're making you know you're what, when you kill humans, you actually 
cause so much harm and, and damage to voters in the system and, and there's this to and fro of what's right, what's wrong. But that's that's something for you guys to go and read and enjoy. Yeah, go read it. Jeremy's a great uh, I think Jeremy Jer Jeremy may actually be watching this because Jeremy Mule, uh, who's the new writer, uh, has been actively engaging with the community. So he may actually be listening to this podcast right now. Um, hi, Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't know how many of the, the, the lore team does listen to us. They might, but hello, lore team, if you're listening. Yeah. Um, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> please put more, get more lore in the game. Um, but I, I wouldn't be out of, out of character either for humans to be raised by Xi'an, Probably not Van Duel, but uh, we do know it would be unlikely for Xi'an to be raised by humans because of the t age things and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but... I think that, that, you know, humans being raised by Xi'an would be, would have some really difficult practical considerations because of the, like, the not not just the dietary differences of what you can eat, but Xi'an go for days without eating. And it's like, I, I, I imagine that that relationship would feel a lot more like a pet owner kind of situation where yeah. the the needs of this animal is so different from mine that I'm kind of going out of my way to to do things. So there isn't there isn't anything mentioned, and I wouldn't presume it. Like I wouldn't say, oh yeah, it's almost certain that this got to happen. But, um, yeah. yeah, and and oh. I mean, I would say, I feel like it'd be more like a like a foster system too yeah like, this, like a, a child who's brought into the family because they they feel sorry for it and trying to help it but it's not like their kin you wouldn't be raised mm. like, a, like an I, actual I, child i kind of i kind of get the feeling that that the Gian attitude to the whole of humanity the whole of the human race it's this these poor young things need to be cared and nurtured and and turn to our thinking and it's going to take a while because they're you know short-lived and impulsive but we you know we'll just Keep working at them and bend them to our will. And look, oh look, they've elected a a new imperator who loves who loves Jian, even if she does also love AI. Which kind oh, of she... if, if 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 thoughts about the Kurapaka are true, imagine that the young going, No <laughs> She's only she's only around for ten years, that's barely any time. So yeah, that's, that's a like blink a of an eye. That's they can yeah. they could probably there are probably some some uh monks who can go that many that many uh Many years without eating, <laughs> so there there are sheer months that for whom that would be one tenth of their meditation. So yeah, yeah. Like, uh, all right. So the last question I have on here is, or the, not the last question. The last question is the fun question. This is the second last question. Uh, this is sort of to do with uh, the, the the aliens. This is more of just a general question, which is: subscribers can purchase the second of Iron War service uniform. How is that possible if that war was so long ago? There couldn't possibly be any living veterans from that war, or can actually humans actually live that long? No, humans can't live that long, but it's actually not as long as you could think, because that war was in 2605. So veterans from that war would have lived into the 27th or 28th century, the 2700s. And the we're only about 300 years. It's like maybe two generations ago. So it'd be about the equivalent of like World War II to us today. Uh, maybe maybe more like World War One. So it's a just beyond the distant memory, beyond living memory. But like people's grandfathers fought in the the, the Second World War, or great grandfathers did. So, and also that that um, article, uh, all of these subscriber flare come with like an advert, which is like the last page of Jump Point. 
And that one's specifically said to be a reproduction. It's supposed yeah. to be a historical item. It's not supposed to be like, oh, it just got your father's uniform on. It's like, oh no, I've gone out and bought a costume that mm. is a good reproduction of like a World War One uniform. It's and cosplay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it, it is it is. I'll put it as the historical reenactors cos- uh, yeah. costume. Yeah, so you get. I know. I know. There's uh, groups in in UK who do the World War Two uniforms, and and guys in Australia who'll do the same thing, and they'll they'll go all out. They'll have the vehicles as well as the uniforms and the rest mm. of it, and they'll they'll do the whole kit. Um, I know medieval reenactors in Australia. There'll there'll be groups that uh, will go through the manuals of how to build un- build um, armor, and they'll say, okay, how did they do it? And then they'll actually reproduce using the same tools that were available. So if I won't. You know, it's hand stitch. They'll hand stitch everything if it was, um, you know, and they'll they'll do that to try and understand how or why things were done. But it's also cosplay. It's just mm. that whole aspect. And if it do want an original one, strike. I can go to my local, um, you know, disposal store, and I can still find World War Two vintage type stuff if, yeah. I'm, if I really look. Um, it's few and far between, but you can still find it. You can still find it in auction houses of. Mm. So getting the original stuff is still possible for for us to go back to World War One, or even even earlier if we're really lucky. But so that's a possibility. But as as Giles said, it was a, a reproduction. It was a um, it's modern cosplayation of it. Yeah. In fact, I actually had a note on 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 one of the questions. I said my my simple answer was it's cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> The thing I love about it is it's actually really snazzy. Like mm-hmm. you, you see that you see the uniforms now; they're all kind of very like prim and proper. Whereas that's like we're gonna have a bit of flair here. We're gonna have some sashes. We're gonna have some color, and you know it's uh, it, it's very say messy. what you like about the space Nazis. They have good <laughs> uniforms. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when they uniforms. were actually. Yeah, I remember when they were doing the design of, of planning that what they'd look like um, on the, the the Friday night live show type and they kind of postulating what they'd look like and it was a whole well the, the, this is an imperial flair and just you know and so you've got to go for that in your face type over the top top look and and that's what they've got and it it, it works it fits i, I forgot yeah. what her name was but it's the the third the third mezzo the uh the third uh iliana iliana yeah iliana everything i've learned about iliana is that she was a wicked smart woman so like her her uh, she probably was probably dictated that design itself uh after the uh you know or well i guess the second divine war was the was her son or was her father so yeah uh she was for, involved though she was yeah like, she was involved yeah, oh yeah all messes well. are <laughs> yeah. so she In i can almost gar- business i can almost guarantee you she was the one being like let's let's make this snazzy let's make it let's put it on recruitment posters let's get people signing up for this because you know that's just how they were she was very good at that so uh, and she's the reason why we have the javelin. She helped me help design it herself. So, uh, all right, Curse you, Ileana. That's all I'll say. Curse you, Ileana. <laughs> her personal her personal transport was only javelin. She only traveled in javelins once that thing was built, which is a weird. Like she's one of the only VIPs to use the VIP module on the on the javelin. <laughs> I'll, have, uh, I'll have to make sure I get that module. <laughs> So uh, the last question is the most fun question, which was Banu Jian Tavarin, kiss, marry, kill. So uh, I'm going to start with you, um, Al, on this one. You're going to have to give us your, your kiss, marry, kill. So I've just got 
Did he intentionally crash himself so that he didn't have to answer the question? He might have, yeah. <laughs> He'll be back so, here in a so few he doesn't, seconds. Doesn't have to speak through his. I'll make sure I get the audio. Un- otherwise, I'm going to be screwed because I'll say, you know, I'll get Go on, go on. Uh, you're back. You're back. <laughs> so you were frozen there I, for a second. We were worried. I froze. You... I disappeared. Yeah. I could. I didn't say I was frozen, but I could still hear you guys saying. It. I said, yeah. "Oh, he's he's disappeared, so he doesn't have to answer." And then you just froze in your response. Like, and <laughs> so kiss my um, kill. Okay. Um. Banu. Kiss. They're just. Mm. They're just too friendly. Um. She aren't kill. Devar and Mary. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Jail. I'd go for um, Kisabani. They're here for a good time, not a long time. You know, a night you're kissing a barn, it was a good night out. Um, I would probably uh, marry into a Xi'an Piahai, which implied to be kind of like polyamorous family groups. Um, you know, it sounds like a very supportive living arrangement. And um, by process of elimination, kill a Devarin, but I don't have anything against them. We've we got, we got a snog marry a void here, so it's a, a yeah. void of Devarin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, for me, it would probably be... Uh, it was actually a cra- more crass version that we I remember growing up, which was, it was not yeah. Kiss, it was the other thing. Uh, <laughs> In Britain, it's Shag. Yes. Shag, shag marry, kill. Yeah. Uh, I would say... Kiss. Um, I'm I'm torn on this. I'll probably kiss a Banu because yeah, they're 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 here for a good time, not for a long time. But then I would say marry a Tavarin because Tavarin are very like they are very unified. Like you marry Tavarin, they will have your back through more uh, more things you can realize. They will walk into the gates of Mordor with you, kind of thing. They are very community oriented in terms of one for all sort of thing. Um, and by elimination, it's a kill to Jian. Only because the other thing is, if I married a Jian, I would almost certainly get stabbed in the back somewhere. Like they're 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 playing seven D chess while I'm playing checkers, so I can't I can't avoid that. I can't I can't uh, can't can't think that far ahead. <laughs> I'll be sure to rema- re- uh, relay your your flair remarks to the emperor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I, I, you know, I, I've just got to say, you know, as old man Hurston, he he would greatly uh, despise us as Jian and their uh, attempt to influence and manipulate the UAE and because that's mind. what because that's Hurston's job. God damn it, they're supposed to infiltrate right. and influence the UAE. <laughs> Get out of our Curse business. Those laws that stop us being on the Senate. <laughs> oh, it hasn't stopped them from doing everything else though. I, I think that's the last question. Thank you very much. Uh, let us know in the comments as well if you like these sorts of questions, these sort of sort of um, episodes. We love to do them because we don't know what we... Sometimes we just pick stuff, topics that we just like, I don't know what we're going to talk about this week. We'll just talk about this. So if you have questions you want to ask us about specific things like the Mezzers or the Navy or the Army or the Marines or trade or um, languages, like... Any of that sort of thing can be it can be a fun time, or even history, uh, or or specific because like there's a lot of lore for the Hurstons. There's a lot of lore for the Hurstons, um, and a lot of those. <laughs> I can tell you as well. I can tell you which which class she took in Geneva, you know, from Magda Hurston from 300 years ago. It's like oh yeah. fucks. 
Yes, there's a lot of law for the house. There's there's a lot of like we we know we we freaking know what what she that she interned in a redder universe. Oh, was was what was it? Can't well, it was the, the Haytham School in Geneva they had, and uh, yeah, but, but then she she interned in Redder at um, yeah, like uh, was... I forget what it was. It was the, it was the it's the big think tank. Um, um, U Park, U Park, yeah, U Park. He, he she she interned at U Park for before she became well, went back into to that. So yeah, and 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 Polly, don't forget uh, great cousin Victor, great cousin Victor. He he actually has. Uh, an original glaive, captured glaive, and he had the Aspira boy to uh, fix it up for him. <laughs> there we go. And if, you, and if you're interested in universities, I have updated the latest hot off the press information about human and Xi'an universities on the start. Oh, Xi'an universities. Interesting. Got two okay. down, yeah. Nice. Alright, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to us. Make sure you're checking out Jail and uh, Al on their, their social medias and their, their other kind of contents. Uh, and, like we say every time, remember, Existoria and Astro.